The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. The cameras caught you counting to four on your hands. I wonder if that had anything to do with uh, with your ranking on the NFL Top 100 this offseason. Uh, I think I, there was like four touchdowns in the game, I think, at that point. It was just a really well executed game plan. It's a lot of stuff they did. Caused us a lot of problems. They do about everything and anything that you can possibly see. Uh, and they just do it naturally. I don't know how they learn all of it. How do you get over as a team the hurdle of the Chiefs where it seems like they are the, the one team that... Uh, ah, kryptonite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tuesday edition of Pro Football Talk Live. Hello, good morning. Hello. Sky Sports, 7 o'clock local time, UK, Ireland. I want to say hi to them first. I also need to say hi to the people who listen to the program via podcast. They feel neglected. So even though it's live on Peacock and Sirius XM 211 with the re-air at 9 Eastern on NBCSN and 7 o'clock local time in the UK and Ireland on Sky Sports, we also are podcasted every day. So those folks won't complain for a while. We say hello. We acknowledge you. I acknowledge Chris Sims. Good morning, Christopher. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? Great game last night. A lot of fun to watch. The Kings are still the Kings. Uh, and that was amazing. Uh, I mean, it really am, but I'm doing good. How you doing? It's a nice little peacock sweatshirt you got on today. Very well done. Very well played. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, I, I was concerned because the, the logo wasn't on front, but it's kind of good. It's on as long as I sit the right way, the logo is displayed. So we are uh, properly honoring our platform live every morning, Peacock TV. If you're watching it right now, congratulations. You're one of the smart ones that has downloaded or uploaded or dialed in or put on your smart TV or whatever it is that the cool kids call it to watch Peacock every day. Lamar Jackson accurately pointed out that the Chiefs are the Ravens' kryptonite. I've seen on Twitter, I think Michael David Smith of PFT noted this along with others, the Ravens with Lamar Jackson are 21-1 and against every team in the NFL in the regular season over the past two years since Lamar Jackson became the starter except the Chiefs. They're 0-3 against the Chiefs and 0-2 in the postseason. We'll, we'll worry about that in January. But, I, you know, when I saw that, I, I, I understand his point, but I don't want him to become resigned to the fact because Superman can never beat Kryptonite. It's a given. Kryptonite is your thing that will always beat you. Don't declare that anything is your kryptonite. You want to overcome it. It needs to be more like Lex Luthor who beats you early and you you come back or, or Clubber Lang or some, something that beats you that at the end of the day you win. When you d- label something kryptonite, you're accepting you're never going to win, aren't you? No, he's not. I, I don't think that way. I, I think really the fact that he's just willing to accept it that way, he's more just going, yeah, they got our number. But it doesn't mean he's not going to go back to the drawing board with the guys on the team and the coaching staff and still want another crack at them at some point, you know, in the playoffs. But go, oh, go right, ahead. but but if they're kryptonite, I mean, Superman. I look. Here's the thing. I, I I'm not up on the entire legend of Superman from the time he debuted until now. I don't know if he's ever beaten kryptonite. But the whole premise is kryptonite is the thing that always gets you. Now 
look, he's always trying to find ways to to coexist with Kryptonite, but ultimately you want to beat Kryptonite. And the way that it went last night, maybe he's right. Maybe, maybe we do just need to accept the fact that this rivalry is never going to be a rivalry unless the guy in purple at some point is going to win one. Uh, agreed. It's not a rivalry right now. It is one-sided. I mean, there, there's no doubt about that. And, I mean, you know, get into it a little bit about why they are their, their kryptonite, per se, or whatever you want to say about that. You know, this is... I didn't say it. No, Lamar well, did. I, you know what? I've been saying it for a while. I, I, I said it. And why didn't you pick the Chiefs last uh, night? Because I thought that just with Lamar Jackson, the way he had thrown the ball the first two weeks, the addition of Calais Campbell, Marcus Peters, the edginess of them being 0-2 against them the last few years, I thought it'd pull them through. But I was wrong. You know, and, and this is what's amazing about the Chiefs. I mean, there, there's a lot of things that jump off. First off, Patrick Mahomes is the best player in football. When we end that discussion, that's over. Uh, there was a really smart, smart quarterback rankings out there this year that had him as the number one quarterback. Really smart guy. People should tune into him a little bit. Then, the other thing that jumps out that I think... i trying to figure out who that is. Yeah, yeah, you know exactly who it is. Wait, wait, but who, who out there... I, and I don't pay attention to right. anyone else because right. I got my hands full dealing with you. Yeah. I can't imagine that it's a consensus take that he's not the best quarterback in football. Well, no, it, it was it was not that way until uh, like February 3rd of 2020. And then it became, oh, he, oh, he is. Can I have my vote back for that, that, that other rankings so I can do it again? But I think here's the other reason, too. You know. First off, this is something we don't talk about enough with the Kansas City Chiefs, Mike. We really don't because we look at them as just high-flying, fun football team. What the Kansas City Chiefs bullied the Baltimore Ravens last night. They physically beat them up. And we don't really give the Kansas City Chiefs the credit they deserve in that department and Andy Reid for the physicality of his football teams. All oh, the big, bad Tennessee Titans are coming to town. Well, Derrick Henry can't get 100 yards. Oh, the big, bad San Francisco 49ers and their defense. Well, they come back and beat them. Now it's the Ravens. And I think that's the number one thing other than the homes that jumps out to me about their football team is after that first drive, I mean, the intensity on the field was all on one side. And the, te the, the team that was in the, the other team's face, like, yeah, we're here to hit you. You know, we're not going to be bullied like you do to most people. I think that was one of the number one things that jumped off to me early in the football game. And even some of the runs with Clyde Edwards-Alaire and things like that where, you know, I just felt like I needed to bring that up because we don't talk about the Chiefs. We always talk about high-flying, you know, greatest show on turf aspect of their football team. We need to get a pronunciation check as well on Clyde Edwards Hilaire. It's gone from Clyde, Ed Clyde Edwards Hilaire to Hilaire to Elaire over and over last night. <laughs> yeah. I, I need to get in touch with my buddy Ted Cruz with the Kansas City Chiefs and find out exactly what the preferred pronunciation is. But at least they spelled his name right on the jersey last night. Week two, they didn't. So the Chiefs equipment personnel getting it right. And Chris, you mentioned the first drive of the game. I was very concerned for the Ravens from the moment they didn't get a touchdown the first drive of the game. Now, look, fourth and three, do you go for it? Do you not go for it? And we are now in an age where we embrace this idea of going for it on fourth down. We have seen far more reckless decisions this year sure, than not even going close. for it fourth and three close to the goal line. With that team, yeah. But when you start taking field goals against the Chiefs, you've already beaten yourself because they're going to get their points. So you have to get yours when you can. See, that's where analytics goes out the window. Because if you're playing a team that you know is going to have their 18-2 run at some point, oh, and they did, you better score while you can before the storm comes. Period. So I... I, at that moment, when they put Justin Tucker out there for the field goal, no, this isn't respectable opening drive and we get points on the board. you got to get touchdowns against the Chiefs if you're going to have any hope to weather the 18-2 that is inevitable when you play the Chiefs. Well, it's something you got to always be aware of. There's no doubt about that. Now, the Ravens are a little different team, too. I'm sure they didn't sit there with that football team they had last night thinking like, well, the Chiefs will go on an 18-0 run on us, like right? They're they're not thinking that way, and especially I think 
a week after where they saw the Chargers defense, where I'm sure the Ravens look at them and go, well, we're better than the Chargers defense. And I'm not saying they are, but I'm just saying I'm sure they thought that where they went, they slowed down Mahomes and company. Why couldn't we? They had a fight and claw to score 23 against the Chargers. So I think there was probably a little bit of that aspect that comes out. You're right, though. It was a very interesting moment. And then I think after that, they kicked the field goal. We know Kansas City gets the ball, goes right down the field. And we went, whoa, that kind of looked easy. Is that going to continue like that? And, of course, it did continue. And then this is where, you know, I love the Chiefs. And this is the reason I picked them to go back to the Super Bowl. And we'll see where that goes. I'm not trying to, like, pat myself on the back. But I'm just saying the other thing that jumps out to me about them as a football team is they love that stage last night. They love it. They like being the kings of the Super Bowl hill and going, hey, we're the man. Oh, you've been getting a lot of chatter. Oh, oh, boom, boom, boom. Get down to the bottom of the hill. We're still the kings of it. And I think they really, really love kind of wearing that badge of honor right now. And they're they're kind of, uh, you know, what do I want to say? Just just loving it. I guess that's what I'm trying to well, say. And, and, and you know what? That's a good point because I almost feel like the only way you're going to get the Chiefs is if you catch them napping. If they see you coming. They get ready. You you got no chance. Right. The, the Chargers caught them napping in that wedge between the buildup for the first game of the season yeah. and, oh, the Ravens and Patriots are looming in back-to-back weeks. That was an opportunity to get them when they weren't necessarily maybe as focused. And see, the rest of us saw that and said, maybe maybe the Ravens are ready. Right, maybe the Ravens right. are better. Yeah. And, and that plays right into their hands. Yeah. Because I'm sure the Ravens are thinking, yeah, okay, yeah, this we, we this is our we time. Well, yeah. those teams you've been beating up on aren't the Chiefs, so the Chiefs walk in there with a chip on their shoulder and a little kryptonite in their pocket, and that's that. <laughs> and and that's that's look, that's part of the the human dynamics that fuel the sport. You've got to get everyone who's on the field feeling that way and 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 being motivated and determined and not complacent. That's the biggest challenge for a defending Super Bowl champion is to avoid complacency. So right out of the gates, you go 2-0, and and everybody's saying, well, maybe the Ravens should be the number one team in the power rankings. Oh, the Ravens are going to take yeah. care of the Chiefs. I was saying oh, it to come. you last week. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, we all, were, we, yeah. we all fell yeah. for it. We all ate the cheese, and it ended up it ended up uh, turning the, the, the Chiefs uh, in the right direction. And, and uh, you know, now they got the Patriots, and we'll be talking about that later in the week, but it's going to be the same dynamic where, you know, here comes – I mean, they get – I'm looking at their schedule. It's like, yeah, they're getting past all these tough games early. I know. I, you know, but again, but again, the time to get them is when they don't have full focus. That's the time to get them. And they brought full focus last night, and we saw what happened. Full focus. I, they really did. You, you know, first things, Steve Spagnuolo, the, the job he did on the defensive side of the ball. You know, they brought the fight to the Baltimore Ravens. And I think that's what, like, is rare. You know, Baltimore usually is the bully on the field, and they bring the fight, and everybody's like, whoa, 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 hold on. They're going this way. They're going that way. They're pushing us back. They're running us over. They're doing all those things. From the get-go, and this is where I think Baltimore is going to have to readjust their style of play the next time they play Kansas City, but Kansas City's the same way. I mean, they bring the fight, too. There's the big bad. Just think about the first play of the game. The big bad Baltimore Ravens, we're going to bring it to Patrick Mahomes and everything like that. All of a sudden, there's three motions going everywhere, and they reverse the Tyree kill. And you go, whoa. And I'm sure they were like, whoa, we wanted to be aggressive, but holy crap, there was a lot that went on there, and they're fast. It's hard to be aggressive when they're just coming at us. And Brian Greasy made up a, made a good point during the game, too. You know, there's no rhyme or reason for what Andy Reid does. He just goes, right? It's third and 15. He's as easily going to throw a screen as he could throw a bomb down the field like we saw that amazing play with Mahomes backpedaling for 20 yards before he throws it to McCole Hardman. And I think that is also an issue for Baltimore there. Baltimore is very smart. They break team down the right break teams down the right way. And with Andy Reid, you just have no feel for what he's going to go. He's just going to call plays and keep attacking. And that's where it's like the two football worlds and the way they've kind of created themselves really favor the Chiefs and what they bring to the table in that matchup. But, you know, that's one of the most basic concepts. If you can ever get coaches to adhere to it, being unpredictable on every snap, never allowing the pre-snap look to show 
what it is you're going to do. You've got a formation. You can run out of it. You can pass out of it. You'll find out when we do it. This formation, they may run, they may pass. We'll find out what they're doing when they do it. The longer you can extend that guessing game, the better chance you have of making the play work, especially when you've got better players. And the Chiefs have better players, and the Ravens decided that they were going to try to blitz Patrick Mahomes. The pass protection held up well. Here's Mahomes after the game talking about how well his blockers did. It helps that Mahomes also was able to elude them, but the blockers had something to do with it. Here's Mahomes on that topic. Against the blitz, uh, same thing. Uh, first our, first going against our defense, I mean, when you're going through training camp against Coach Spags, you're getting a heavy, heavy dosage of blitzes from everywhere. And so I thought guys accepted that challenge uh, in training camp, and it, and it paid off today. I mean, we, we have – we might not necessarily have seen that exact blitz, but we had seen blitzes with fire zone pressures and cover zeros. And guys sped up their sped up their routes. The line gave me enough time because when they're bringing extra people, they're getting big and really uh, swelling up. And I gave me enough time to put the ball downfield and let these guys uh, make some plays. He was 15 for 19 for 191 yards and three touchdowns against the blitz. The Ravens blitzed on 45% of the Patrick Mahomes dropbacks last night and got zero sacks remember when the titans said yeah we're just not even gonna bother right to blitz dean pease the retired defensive coordinator we're not gonna get him so why bother and and that's when he does those special things when you try to get him and he starts moving around and he jumps in the air and starts to throw a pass and pulls it back in and the, the stuff that he does defies the human eye. It does. Like, what did I just see? Right. This isn't like any quarterback has ever played, and I'm sure the guys trying to catch him are feeling the same thing. So, Chris, I ask you, why even bother to blitz him? I don't know. I, I You know, again, that's where, you know, we just kind of talked about it, where I just go Baltimore is definitely going to have to readjust the way they play Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. They can't play the way Baltimore wants to play against the Chiefs. They might be able to do it against the other 30 teams in football, but when it comes to playing the Kansas City Chiefs, they're going to have to readjust their formula. Yeah, he's you, you, you can't fluster him with the blitz. He's very smart and been given answers to all the tests, right? Andy Reid has him. He's, Andy Reid's a, he's an XO line guy. He understands how to pick up blitzes, how to teach his offensive linemen the proper techniques as far as, you know, passing things off and doing it that way. And then as we talked about with Andy Reid, too, you can't get a beat on him. So it might be third and eight, and the Ravens think, whoa, they're gonna, they'll probably block it up and, like, protect him and let him make a throw. And then they send out five eligibles. And you go, whoa, okay, whoa, we blitzed, and now we don't have enough guys to cover them. You know, or they will, you know, block it up and do crazy things. And then, of course – like you said, Mike, I mean, he does crazy things. The 49-yard pass to McCole Hardman at the end of the second quarter, that was a great creative blitz. The Baltimore Ravens do this blitz and coverage all the time. And you remember the play, right? McCole Hardman runs the out and then yep. the up, right? Mahomes does the old Super Bowl shuffle like he did last year, just fades back, all cool and calm, 14 and 15 yards down the field. They have more blitzers than they do blockers, but it doesn't matter, and the coverage can't hold up. The blitz was great, but poor Deshaun Elliott, he's going on a 12-yard out route covering McCole Hardman, and he's going, wait, usually teams have already, we've already sacked the other team's quarterback, or the guy's thrown the ball already. What the hell is going on? He takes a little peek back, and Mahomes is still backpedaling. I mean, so... He does things to where defenses can't even prepare for it because I guarantee in that secondary, nobody has ever made that type of throw on them with that type of blitz to where they were probably like, what the hell? We sent seven guys to blitz, and he held the ball for five seconds still and threw a 50-yard bomb. And that's where he's just out of this world special to what you're saying. It's never seen really anything like him. You can't prepare for it. No. You can't have a scout team quarterback no, to do those things. No, you can't do that. Right. You, 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 there's, there's only one guy on the planet who can do it. And here's the other thing about the Blitz. And there was a point where it's 27-20. The Ravens tighten it up. The Chiefs went for it fourth and one. The Ravens held. They drive down and score a touchdown. All of a sudden, a 27-10 game is a 27-20 game. And the Chiefs are facing a third and 10 from the Baltimore 39. And what do the Ravens do? They try to blitz Matthew Judon up the middle, put some pressure on Mahomes up the middle. And he just, he looks and he sees a whole lot of green 
And he just goes. Yeah. And it's not even a thought. Like, I'm not going to even try to throw it. You have abandoned the entire short portion of the field. I'm going to just go run for the first down, extend the drive. And that, to me, felt like the dagger. That was like, okay, you took your shot. Right. You, you, you tried. At least you tried Bart Simpson dropping the cake into the trash can gif. But when he converted that third and ten with his legs, that's when, to me, the air went out of the balloon. From the standpoint of you and I hoping to ultimately have been right with the Ravens winning, that was when I knew that forget it. It's it's still, yeah, hey, it's great. You're down 17. You've narrowed it to, to seven. Right. It's the fourth quarter, but you're still facing Patrick Mahomes. That, and yeah. And and he's gonna find a way. You're, I mean, you're you're right. Oh, I mean, it's it's one of the again. I think it's one of those things there too, where it's like they kind of relish it. They're like, oh, they came back and think they got a chance. <laughs> and Eric Bieniemy cusses them all out. And I think they all like that on the sideline too. I really do. They're weird. They're messed up in the head that way. The Kansas City Chiefs. And it's like they liked like slyly, like slowly putting the dagger in them one more time. Like we we should have blown you out before, but now we'll blow you out now and just end this game. And he his read and recognition skills, I think, is what we're talking about there. When you sit talk, we talk about his ability to see the blitz, feel a guy, you know, unblocked coming, you know, at his backside, or feeling that there's a rushing lane, like you're explaining. He's amazing, and there's not a, a second of, like, wasted time. He saw that, like, pass rush, like you're saying, stuck inside. He sees it. He reacts. He goes, and he keeps his eyes down the field, too, so guys in coverage can't come up and attack him. But, like, you know, really, what, what should have been the final score of this football game? This game should have been, like, 44-10, to 10, something like that. It really should have been. I mean, the Chiefs really did some stupid things. Let's not forget that. And I think still we're sitting here going, well, they won 34-20 and it was convincing. And they left a lot of points and, and stuff on the field still last night and didn't even play their best, best football. But they always do that. They I never know. put four quarters together. It's, it's always the 18-2 run. Right? And maybe they'll get two 18-2 runs. <laughs> but if they ever could do from start to finish what they're capable of doing, the final score would be 64-3. to That's the reality. They, they do sputter at times. And that's what makes their performance even more amazing that that it it's lightning strikes. It's not a methodical yeah. Patriot style smothering like we saw right. when they got to thirty six on Sunday against the Raiders. It is points in in bunches, and then you're just marveling at what you just saw as the game continues to unfold. And you're right about the demeanor of the Chiefs. They like and and this is I think part of the reality of all those double digit deficits coming back in three postseason games being down 10 points with seven minutes left in the super bowl you develop an attitude that it doesn't matter what you do it doesn't matter go ahead do whatever you want to do whatever you do blitz us we got you don't blitz us we got you drop eight guys into coverage like belichick's probably going to do on sunday we got you whatever you do we'll figure it out and it helps to now have clyde edwards alaire who can soften up everything underneath if you give them everything underneath and just and force you to come back forward so Patrick Mahomes can throw it over you but yeah. but the, it's and then you've got the mad scientist and Andy Reid who looks like he's he really is a mad scientist at a, in a lab with his face shield on just cooking up whatever he wants to do and keeping you constantly on your heels yeah look at that eight different guys had a catch last night including Eric Fisher who got that touchdown that that pushed it to the final score of 34 to 20. Well, it, it's it's hard to ma- you can't match up with everybody. And then when Andy Reid's on his game with creativity and I think like like what you just said Mike like that Clyde Edwards-Alaire short passing game what we saw on the first really the first two drives of the game was some of the cool screens and short passes and Fake screen to the left, fake screen to the right. Kelsey down the middle. The underhand throw to Sherman, the fullback, for a touchdown. Like, if Kansas City masters that universe right there of, like, screens, short passes, wide receiver screens. You don't really see Kansas City throw wide receiver screens, right? I mean, if you could get them to do screens like like the New England can in their prime, or, you know, even in New Orleans and things like that to where they could start throwing the ball behind the line of scrimmage to these receivers and do that. And then you mesh, like you're saying, the down-the-field throws with this short, like, keep-your-head-spinning attack. 
more of the like the third and fourth and one stuff we saw in the Super Bowl from the Kansas City Chiefs with all the crazy formations. To me, if they add that and that becomes cohesive with the deep part of their offense throwing the ball aggressively, they'll be unstoppable. Yeah, they, you, we won't be able to stop them because the way they're orchestrated, the way they pass protect, the talent at receiver, Mahomes, and then that formula on offense is going to be almost unstoppable. I mean, because think of the mindset for the defense. You're, you're, you're locked in. You're braced. You're white-knuckled. You're ready to try to stop Tyree Kill and have somebody account for Sammy Watkins. And we've got coverage on Travis Kelsey, and we feel good about this. All right, Chiefs. Give it to us. Bring it. We're ready. We're ready. And then they do a little receiver screen or they hand it off to Clyde Edwards-Alaire right. or Tyree Kill goes in motion and you're getting gashed yes. at a time when you're you're trying to keep them from running by you. You haven't accounted for the fact that they're going to run through you. Yeah, I, I know. That's exactly it. And, and this is the attitude that Edwards-Alaire has brought to the football team. I mean, how many... You know, there's a few times last night he smashed it up in there. The Ravens couldn't even get him to the ground. He breaks a tackle, gets a few more yards that way. I mean, he's given their offense a little bit of an attitude. He really has. He's given them a toughness element. And I, I think that's where it's really special. So you talk about all the th weapons they have in that, and then now the little toughness element and the screen game element. Wow. And then if the defense continues, because we haven't even talked about the defense yet, and the defense was – phenomenal stopping the offense that we thought was unstoppable through two weeks and the player that we thought was unstoppable and had it all. I mean, they just have so many playmakers that love the big lights. They have creative coaching and it just seems like they're really enjoying being Super Bowl champs still and defending their title and not, not coming off that hill. And they kept Lamar Jackson and the Ravens from getting it going early and matching them points for points. Here's Lamar Jackson after the game talking about the Ravens' slow start offensively. Well, I say uh, second half, like, just like I say always, like we always start cranking up at the wrong time. We got to come in and finish how we start. Like we always go opposite, I guess, against them for some reason. We just got to tighten up and play better, that's all. Yeah, I mean, look, they, they – found themselves down 17 for the second straight year against the Chiefs. And it's, you can't turn it on once you're down 17. You've got to keep it close. So as they are scoring their points, you've got to be scoring your points. That's back to our original point. Don't settle for a field goal on the opening drive of the game because the storm eventually is coming. And defensively, that really was the surprise last night to see Lamar right. Jackson with all the talk about the improved passing. For him to be held to 97 passing yards, and he never could really get anything going. He, he, he Look, he's going to get his rushing yards because when he puts the, the pedal to the metal, there are few people who can come close to catching him. But when you can't complement that with the throws, you're not going to have the kind of offense necessary to outscore the Chiefs. You can go 21-1 and against the rest of the league in the regular season, right. but you're going to lose to the Chiefs every time you come up against them. Yeah, well, th that's right. Well, the Chiefs have, you know, some interesting dynamics on that side of the ball that really help them match up with the Ravens. For, you know, first off, we've talked about Spags, right? Spags is creative. He does outside-the-box thinking. He doesn't care that, it, oh, this defense has never been run in the history of football. It needs to be run this week against the Ravens to stop them or whatever. So that's where he's awesome. And then, you know, again, I think it goes back to a little bit of the, like, the big bad dude thing we started off the show with. You know, the, the Chiefs got some big bad dudes in the middle of that defense. They liked the fight with Baltimore last night. You know, Chris Jones, Nandi, Passignon, Frank Clark, they like getting dirty. And then they got two linebackers in the middle and Hitchens and Wilson who are also like that and can run sideline to sideline. And I think the thing that concerned me the most, or maybe you like the most if you're the Chiefs, and I think what concerns you are the Ravens is, okay, yeah, the bread and butter run plays don't work. We can't get that going. The Chiefs locked them up in the past game. Locked them up. I mean, the lack of wide receiver involvement of the Baltimore Ravens has to be concerning for their football team. It does. Oh, man, the run didn't work. Well, we couldn't really get Mark Andrews going. Who the hell else is there? I mean, Hollywood, we saw a few shots. And to me, that's going to be one of the big questions about the Ravens going forward, Mike. We talked earlier about the difficulty preparing for the Ravens because you don't have access to a Patrick Mahomes on your scout team. I think this helps the Chiefs defense that these players in practice go against that offense, right? Whether they go ones on ones or whether you're on the 
the, the you know the the backup defense sure. whenever you're out there on the field whoever is against the starting offense is seeing better talent than they will ever see in a game and that's how you make your defense better you're right you put them through the kind of pressure in practice they're never going to see in a game that counts that, that that's what good teams do I mean, it goes back to like what Mahomes said. Yeah, we're used to Baltimore Ravens blitzes because Spagnola blitzes us all the time and does crazy crap. So we're not flustered when a team does it to us. And you're right. I think that's a very valid, valid point. Their defense sees super freaks every day in practice. So they get out there with a Hollywood Brown. And they're like, oh, yeah, you're fast, but um, you're like the third fastest receiver on our team. So that's where it is. It's, it's unbelievable. And the way they covered them up, and made the passing game just choppy at best for the Baltimore Ravens and really not getting anybody involved in that. Very, very impressive. You know, and then, you know, Tyron Matthew, Thornhill in the back end, some of those guys, they cover a little bit better. I hope that Legereus Sneeds didn't get hurt because he's a really good corner. I know they said he hurt his collarbone, but I was just really impressed with the secondary of Kansas City, too, to get in the face of those Ravens receivers and make, basically make them a, a non-existent point in the game last night. But there are issues for the Ravens that are independent of the struggles against the Chiefs. Yeah. They may be the kryptonite, but right. here's the reality. The Ravens can't start slow. They have to be ahead. They are 0-10 after trailing at the half, 0-6 with Lamar Jackson as the starter, 0-10 since 2018. Lamar became the starter during the 2018 season. When they lead at the half, they are 20 and 0. Yeah. Under Lamar Jackson. Right. So, it's and and there are different ways you can react to that, but the bottom line is there's enough data out there that it's a trend that either needs to be reversed or it needs to be understood. You need to understand we can't fall behind. We can't settle for a field goal on the opening drive of the game. We have to go for the touchdown. This isn't analytics. This is we're playing the Chiefs, and we can't afford to fall behind. We can't go into the locker room behind, or it makes it even harder to overcome that that little that little chunk of green. Is it green? Is kryptonite green? Kryptonite's yeah, green. I think it seems like whatever it, it is. I felt like whatever the old, it's red. The old kryptonite's ones. red. For the, well, it's red for the, for the Ravens. Ravens. It's red. red. Yeah, it's 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 actually red, and it has a number too. It's one in five is on there. Okay, it's a special edition kryptonite, but. Uh, I mean, I, I think that's a real thing with the Ravens. I do. And I think it's going to be, you know, we're going to continue to talk about it until they shut us up. You know, it's a little bit like, oh, yeah, Lamar Jackson, you know, winning a playoff game. We know that's going to be a thing. Well, I think before we even get there, it's going to be, can Lamar Jackson in the passing game of the Ravens win a football game for them when they can't bully and overpower people in the run game? That's still going to be. And then through two weeks, I thought it's trending towards I think so. But, of course, last night it's making me doubt that once again. The Ravens, though, to that stat you talked about, yeah, when they go in at half and they're leading, what is that, you know, that, what's that allow them to do? It allows them to continue to be balanced on the offensive side of the ball, right? They can still run and be patient with that, take some shots. And then the biggest thing, too, is it lets their defense just be more multiple. Oh, we're on the lead. You have to throw the ball more. Here comes more Wink Martindale crazy blitzes and coverages, and it really just plays right into their hands. Let's put a pin in the discussion just for a minute or yeah. two. We're going to continue to talk about the game, but you talked earlier about demeanor of the Chiefs. What was the demeanor of Lamar Jackson on that drive when they're down 34-20 and they're trying to cut it again to seven, and you could see the frustration? Yeah. You could sense it. Right. He was upset, right? Very different than that vibe you get from Patrick Mahomes. And that's the area where the Ravens need to work. And maybe they just need to have one of these comebacks that works yeah. to get to the point where they've got that same vibe right. that we can do this. But I think as you look at the overall development of Lamar Jackson, one of the best quarterbacks in football, you've got to find a way to erase a deficit in the fourth quarter, have things go well, command the offense, get down the field, score points, get the ball back, get the win, and then maybe you start developing that same confidence that just emanates from every pore of Patrick Mahomes' body. All right, we're going to take a break. What happens if these two teams get together again in the postseason? Plus, big man touchdown sighting last night that provided the icing on the cake for the Kansas City Chiefs. More PFT Live coming at you right after
Great two-screen opportunity last night with Monday Night Football in Game 6 of the Stanley Cup Final. Tampa Bay and Dallas. Tampa Bay going for the cup. Braden Point going for the goal, 1-0. 7.37 left in the first period. Second period. How about Blake Coleman? How about a goal? Domination. How about 2 nothing? Tampa Bay. The fans are going... Oh, you're funny. Well... At least Tampa Bay fans got to watch it on TV. There is the celebration, the Tampa Bay Lightning. <laughs> That's amazing. The sticks, the gloves, it's the, what do they call it? The yard sale. There's the big pile of bodies. Amazing. Steven Stamkos was injured. Victor Hedman, the Conn Smythe winner. There he is. That's always a special moment. It's just so weird to see it in late September, and it's going to be with basketball and Baseball playoffs Hockey. start today. I mean, like, yeah. when are they going to start up their next seasons? It's just like it's all Ooh. kind of vague and ambiguous at this point. This is when hockey would be getting started. I know, not I, ending. Right? It's it's crazy to think that their body, their bodies physically are going to be asked to go out and play more hockey probably in another. Well, but month, they're going to wait a while. Probably they're going to wait a while. Yeah. Are yeah. they? Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's good. I, I'd say most hockey players would say, "Let's just keep going. Let's let's <laughs> reset psycho. to zero they zero might. and let's start." Yeah, they love it, but I think they're going to take a little time off. All right, the NFL not subject to any adjusted schedule because of the pandemic, and the good news is we've gotten three weeks in with just a couple of blips, nothing major, and all the games have been played. The only one that was even remotely in doubt was the Bears Falcons game on Sunday because AJ Terrell of the Falcons tested positive, so they had to do some contact tracing and additional tests before they could go forward with the game. But that's the good news. And week three ended with what was hyped as the game of the year. Going in, it was the game of the year. Going on and going out, it wasn't the game of the year because the Kansas City Chiefs won by 14. And Chris, as you said last segment, it felt like it should have been even more than that. Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, we're searching for the next Tom Brady-Peyton Manning rivalry. It's not a rivalry until the other guy wins one. And we saw last night from Mahomes, who has been very good in three games against the Ravens and Lamar Jackson. We saw him after his fourth touchdown pass, counting off one, two, three, four. And it reminded me of last year when he goes one through 10. Remember he did one through 10, which was the, I was the 10th pick in the draft. Yeah. This four, this four has a dual meaning. This four is... Hey, NFL Top 100 list, all you players out there who voted last season on the best players in the NFL, you made me number four, and I know everything. Now, let me just say this in the defense of the players who voted. The voting happens like in November-ish of every year. right. Last year, we didn't know what was up with Patrick Mahomes. He missed a couple of games due to injury. He wasn't in the MVP buzz. Lamar Jackson was. He had Mark Ingram doing the big trust press conferences. We get caught up in that because of the injury to Patrick Mahomes. That's what caused that little dip in his overall vibe. And then he comes back and becomes the Super Bowl MVP. And we're like, oh, yeah, we forgot about that guy. Uh, We can't forget about that guy. And he's going to remind us from time to time with that kind of stuff, with counting to four and the the Michael Jordan shrug on his way to the sideline. Well, that's what makes him awesome, though. I mean, that's why, like, I I don't know. You're sitting there. I picked the Ravens in the game last night, but I'm sitting there in the second quarter going, I'm all in on the Chiefs. I'm rooting for him like full-fledged just because of the way he plays. They attack their demeanor. And then, yeah, I don't know. It's like the weirdest thing ever. The guy has, like, acute edginess about him I don't even know what to say it's like it's like it's edgy and you like it but it doesn't come off in a way that rubs you the wrong way I mean it really is it's like I don't know you know he he talks like Kermit the Frog it's almost like Sesame Street that way I mean it's it is amazing he just has nothing that I look at him and go oh what a jerk why is he thinking like that right now or doing that no it's just the right blend of okay little fingers yeah you see what I'm doing I'm not making like a big thing or causing a ruckus on the sideline or in the end zone like with seven cameras on me doing it. I'm kind of just doing it to like talk to myself and I'm sure somebody will see it. I'm just reminding everybody. And it just he's got a great way about him that way that is uh, very special. It's a natural charisma. Right. And it allows him to do those things 
without getting anyone riled up. Not that we would get riled up if it was anyone else, because we'd say, hey, you have the right to have a chip on your shoulder about certain things. But you you, you, you know who, who the folks are in the sports media who would be carping about guys that were coming off in a negative way doing that. And you're not going to hear that today from folks who may complain about, oh, I don't know, hats being worn backward. They're not going to say, what was Patrick Mahomes doing with the one, two, three, four, and that's disrespectful, and you need to understand the context, and nobody really never thought you were the best quarterback in the NFL and all that stuff. No, you're not going to do that because he just has that natural way, as you said. And it is cute, and it is funny, and it's charming. And the problem is the Ravens fans are probably thinking it too. See, that's the thing. He's a tough guy to hate. He is. Even when he's beating your team, he's a tough guy to hate because, number one, he is so damn good. Number two, he gets the most out of his God-given skills. It's fun to watch, and he's just – he doesn't come off as a jerk. You know, a lot of players, you love them if they're on your team. You hate them if they're on the other team. He's one of those guys where you adore him if he's on your team, and you can't muster the hatred of him if he's on the other team. No, you you, re- you really can't. And, and, you know, he stays focused. He seems to be a normal human, right? I mean, you know, drinks beers and whatever else. It's not like he's trying to, like, you know – project this like perfect image right he's just one of the guys a normal human being who yeah wants to play ball and have fun and and be great and I think that's what you love about him and you know with that cute lovable style that we're talking about that yeah has my son you know wrapped around his finger because he thinks Patrick Mahomes is the greatest thing on earth and just about every kid that age does because of that, like, way and charisma he has about him. But then the other thing is he's got a, like, stone-cold, cut-your-throat, we're-going-to-dominate-you-out-here-on-the-football-field way about him that is really special, too. I mean, again, whether it's the playoffs last year, the toughness that he brings, the Chiefs bring, hey, they didn't blink an eye to the New England Patriots. Let's just not forget about that. In the Patriots' prime. I mean, they beat the Patriots last year. And if Frank Clark doesn't, ju- or not, you know, D Ford isn't lined up offsides, they're going to beat the Patriots. So it wasn't like they were scared or like withering away in that matchup. He has never blinked at anything since the second he started in the NFL. And that's where he's just special. I've never seen anything like it. It's like day one, he was a four year veteran and he just hit the ground running and he's taken over ever since. And, you know, I think it gets back to the fact that he was never overwhelmed, never in awe of life as a professional athlete because he grew up around right. it right, with his dad. Yeah. And that, I think, is an ingredient that makes it easier to just be very relatable because everything – this is all normal to him. This isn't some big deal. He's lived it his whole life. He's been around it his whole life, and now we're seeing just him naturally True. take over the NFL. All right, let's uh, let's take a break there, Mr. Tooken Over. I heard you there, Tooken Over. I also heard you <laughs> yesterday. I heard you yesterday. I thought I was half paying attention when you said Regis. Regis, good old Regis. But I've what a dummy there, I there, am. There, there's a whole army of people out there who I think only watch the show. So they can email me a new Simsism. Regis Philbin doesn't count. Took sorry, over, Regis I Philbin. Think, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What's horrible is I've met the guy and been around him before, and I still said his last name wrong. There's no excuse. We're going to take a break. More PFT Live coming at your end. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply got up this morning and went through the tape and, and at the end of it uh, we decided that we're going to start Nick Foles uh, as a starter uh, against Indianapolis so uh, both quarterbacks are aware of that uh, I know it's you know for us it, it's never easy um, when you go into these type of situations I want to credit both of those guys in, in yesterday's situation for being um, really supportive of each other uh, this whole time uh, even as hard as that was for Mitch to to be told that he's uh, he's you know Nick's going to go in and, and play. Um, Mitch was to his credit was just an awesome supporter of of Nick uh, the rest of that game, and he told he flat out told Nick, "I'm going to have your back just like you've had mine uh, from from the start." I think that that speaks to who he is, as well with him speaking to all you guys after uh, after the game, which he doesn't have to do, and he did, and I think that speaks volumes to Mitch and who he is as a person. So. Um, you know, we're, we're still going to support each other as we move forward here. We have a healthy quarterback room, and we're just looking forward to prepping here uh, against the Colts. Matt Nagy, coach of the Bears, announcing the decision. Nick Foles, we knew that's where it was going, right? I mean, we weren't that that's strong not. about it yesterday, but we both had a feeling. If you want to install one of the two guys and you don't want to go back and forth, and you just removed one of them based upon a gut feeling that compelled you to do so, that's not going to be the guy you install with the hope that that's the guy going forward. So it's Nick Foles Sunday against the Colts, and it's Nick Foles next Thursday night against Hashtag Tommy, a Super Bowl 52 reunion that should be a ton of fun. And I think the only way Trubisky's getting back on the field, Chris, is if Foles gets injured, which is not a long-shot proposition. We saw the hit that he took Sunday. He took a hit like that last year when he was starting his first game for the Jaguars, and he broke a collarbone. Right. So this is a guy who will stand in there and take the big hit, but the way he's built, he 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 potentially will end up getting injured, and they need Trubisky to be ready to go on a moment's notice. Yeah, he better be ready. You know, you're right. I mean, Foles plays a physical style of quarterbacking, if that makes sense, because of, like, uh, you know, to what you're saying, he hangs in the pocket all day long. You know, yeah, that's how he hurt his collarbone last year and hurt the shoulder at throwing a long touchdown pass, hanging in there week one. I mean, we saw him in the the year, the the last year with Philadelphia when he lost to New Orleans. Remember, against the Bears, had like the hurt chest, right? And they even had to deal with that going into the divisional round against the Saints because he was standing there against the Bears, taking big shots and doing that type of stuff. So um, we did go that strong yesterday, Mike. We knew there was no freaking way they were going with Mitchell Trubisky. None. I mean, we knew that as soon as the game was we over. We didn't say that. We didn't say there's no freaking way. Man, said, I don't know. We, we predicted it would be falls, but right. we didn't go out on the limb and say it definitely will be, but we were pretty damn sure. Now that I remember back to yesterday, a lot's happened in the course of the last day with the great game last night. But, yeah, we look, it just makes sense. When you yes. make the parameter, I don't want to do this back and forth, then it's not going to be the guy you just benched. No, exactly right, because then you're going back and forth. And, you know, despite the film, which I'm not even sure they're being, like, realistic there when they're telling us they went back and watched the film, and that, you know, that that did it. This was respect This was respect to Mitchell Trubisky. You're right. That's this exactly was. was. You're right. Exactly what it is. And I, and I don't mean to say that. I'm not trying to laugh or be disrespectful about that in any way. I'm just saying they knew when they walked off the field Sunday afternoon, they went, that looked a little different. Our offense looked a little different. I know Trubisky brought us back two weeks ago, but against the Detroit Lions, that game kind of fell on a platter. This was like Nick Foles came in the game and kind of took over and was surgical and made big-time throws, and the offense looked different, and that's why you can't go back to Trubisky. On Sunday after Washington quarterback Dwayne Haskins had four turnovers, Ron Rivera said he's not ready to pull the plug on the second-year first-round draft pick. Monday, Ron Rivera was saying something different. Here mm. he is. There is. I mean, again, and, 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 and you brought up the point, and it's a very good point, is that there are guys in that locker room that are playing well enough for us to win. 
and again, we have to make sure everybody is playing well enough to win at that point. And there is there there is a, there is a, a a cutoff point for me. There is. Okay, we don't know what the cutoff point is. It's not four turnovers, but it tells you at some point that there will be a removal of Dwayne Haskins if this continues. And it shows you how quickly things can change. Week one, he was the star. He was the hero. He was the guy who delivered the stirring halftime speech when Ron Rivera was getting an IV that was planned as part of his cancer treatment. And it was all, hey, Dwayne Haskins showing leadership and all the offseason stories about Dwayne Haskins in great shape. And he does look different. Yes. He's not playing any different. That's the problem. His numbers are down. You know, completion percentage, yards per attempt, passer rating all down so far this year compared to last year, Chris. Yeah, it just it doesn't have a great look. You know, there are moments where you sit there and you go, wow, that was a nice throw. No doubt about it. But there's too many throws that are errant and just all over the place. There's too many decisions that are shaky. And then, of course, the offense has not been anything special. Yeah, the week one comeback, there, there's no doubt. Great leadership there. He made a few plays, but still, that was Strugglesville. The, the Eagles handed them that game and handed that offense a few touchdowns to basically say, hey, you guys are struggling. Here you go. We want to get you going. I mean, that's what the Eagles and Carson Wentz do right now for teams. But then week two, Arizona, not much better. Didn't make any bad mistakes. But I'm sure with Ron Rivera, who's a defensive coach, he looks at last week on Monday's film and goes, Wait, those three interceptions you threw against the Cleveland Browns, they were bad. And they were in parts of the game where, you know, it's 24-20, it's 10-7. One time they're on fringe field goal range, bad decision, bad throw down the middle of the field. The other two interceptions later in the game, they were just really bad reads. So it's going to make a question, a coach question, Mike. They're going to go, is he see, seeing the field the right way? That's that's going to be – it's in those type of interceptions where they go, he's not comfortable. There's no way he should have thrown that. He's not seeing things the right way. And I think that's what's a little alarming right now, at least to me. And here's what's unfortunate. He didn't play a lot of quarterback at college. He yeah. was a starter for one year. And some guys just take a little bit longer. But the problem is with so many of these quarterbacks who come in and play right away and play well right away, right. that raises the bar for the guys who may need a little more time. That's one of the saddest parts of football today. You don't get the same opportunity the quarterbacks used to to figure it out. And no. I've said this time and again for the last 20 years. If that standard applied to Terry Bradshaw, he'd have been back in Shreveport pumping gas long before he threw the immaculate reception, long before he led the Steelers to a Super Bowl win. He would have been gone because it used to be five years to figure it out. Now it's five weeks yeah. to figure it out, or they're going to start thinking about you're right. Options. But you're right. Joe Burrow, you Justin Herbert. I mean, all these right. guys are showing up. Yeah. If he gets benched, you go Kyle Allen or Alex Smith? Oh, I, I, you know, I guess I'd like to see Alex Smith total health. Is he like, can he really go and get after it? If he's really ready to go, you go with Alex Smith, in my opinion. Another hour of PFT Live still to come. We'll be back right after this. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.